This morning we're going to be taking a look at Psalm 90. So I invite you to turn over there with me in the book of Psalms to Psalm 90. If you need a Bible, you'll find one in the pew in front of you. I'm going to read the whole 17 verses together. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn your people back to dust, saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand, a thousand years in your sight are like a day that had just gone by, or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. We, we are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. And we finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger, your wrath is as great as the fear that is due your name. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble, may your days be shown, your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. This is the reading of God's word. We may have a seat. And as you do, we do have kingdom kids today. So all of our kiddos who are four years old through second grade can head back to the foyer now for kingdom kids. They're going to meet our kingdom kid workers back there, and they're going to take them across the way to our education building next door, where they'll have a chance to learn and worship at their level. And that's where they can be picked up after the service today. Let's pray together. Father God, what a wonderful Sunday morning it has been to study your word, to come together and worship. God, just to see one another, to see faces we know and love and rekindle for a moment relationships that are very important to us. It's really wonderful that we have this place that you've given us, a church, home, a family, to invite new people into, whether they're using technology and watching online, or they're here with us this morning. We're grateful for every, every new person you send our way, that we get to get, get to know them and share with them our lives as they share their lives with us. Father God, we come to your word this morning seeking understanding for what you have put down, what you have inspired human writers to write so long ago, God, they... These words still speak to us. And we ask your Holy Spirit to help us to 
not only comprehend them with our minds, but absorb them with our hearts. And even as the psalmist said, prepare our hands to go and live out what you have shown us today. God, we are fully aware that we cannot live the life you've called us to without your help. So we seek your help even now as we dive into your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the conversation today for us is this. How do we make the most of our days on earth? How do we make the most of our days on earth? I was having this conversation with our men's breakfast past Thursday, and I asked them about this because, you know, I'm about halfway through now, the 80 years that the psalmist mentions. I, I'm right there. And so I was thinking about this. You know, when you're a kid, time really flies, or, or time goes really slow, right? When you, you're first getting started, days, weeks, when you're looking at a semester of school, I mean, you can't even comprehend how long that is. It just feels super long, right? The days feel really long, and it just feels like it's going to take forever. If you tell your kid your birthday's next month, that means nothing to them. That feels like light years away, right? And, it, and we all know this. If, if you're in that phase of life, it gets faster, right? If you're younger, and it feels like life's going very slowly, ask the adults around you, and they will tell you it picks up, right? The older you get, the faster it seems to go, and pretty soon... A week will go by, pretty soon you'll forget it's your birthday, speaking of, and you won't even know how old you are if somebody asked you, right? That's how quickly time can pick up as we get older. And so I was asking the guys this because I thought, well, maybe it'll slow down as, you know, the kids get out of the house and you get to retirement and all this. Maybe the years will slow down. But they had some bad news for me. It doesn't slow down. It just gets, however old you are, as, as I, as I've heard it said, however old you are, that's how fast life feels like it's going. So when you're five, it feels like you're going five miles an hour. If you're 40, 40 miles an hour. If you're 80, 80 miles an hour, it just keeps going faster and faster. It's not exactly the news I wanted to hear, but at least they told me the truth about it. And so I was thinking about that. As we get older, life tends to pick up. The speed of life, how quickly time goes by, picks up. And I think one of the reasons, as one of our guys was sharing with me, is because just because you get the kids out of the house and just because you may uh, approach retirement, there's a whole new host of challenges that come your way. And that's something that you see in the psalmist's life is that he's got challenges. And I wonder if that's what made, that's what kind of makes life seem like it goes by so fast because you're always trying to deal with the new challenge that's coming your way, right? And as those new challenges come and you get that one put out, there's another one right on the heels. And so it can make the weeks and days go longer. And for a kiddo, you know, they just don't have quite as most of them, not all of them. But often for children, they don't have that kind of burden in their life. And so it can make it seem like it goes slower. But the older you get, the more challenges and burdens you seem to take on. It can begin to feel like life is going faster than ever. But life is short. So how do we make the most of those days and months and years that God has placed us in this world? How do we make the most of those, at best, 70 or 80 years? And the psalmist wasn't far off. That's about the average, even in America today. How do we make the most as these years seem to go by so quickly? When I look into this uh, Scripture, this Psalm 90, 
what I see is that the psalmist recognizes that life is short, but God is not. The psalmist says of his life that it is like grass in verse 6. In the morning it springs up new, by evening it is dry and withered. Elsewhere in scripture in James he says life is like a vapor. And the psalmist would say life is like a breath. It really does, as we get older, start to go by faster. And pretty soon, blink of the eye, and perhaps we're near time to go home. So the question for us that the psalmist asks of God is, how do we get the most out of this challenging life that sometimes we face? And he recognizes this truth. Life is short, but God is not. He knows his life is short, but when he looks at God, he says, God, you are eternal. From everlasting to everlasting, end of verse 2, you are God. Verse 4, he says, a thousand years in your sight is like a day that's just gone by or like a watch in the night. So he confesses, life seems short to me, but I know to you, you're not short. You're eternal. So the what the psalmist does is he goes to the eternal one of God and he asks God, teach me how to make the most out of these short years you have given me. Verse 12, he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I love that verse. There's a lot of advice that could be given on how to make the most out of your day, make the most out of your week. Make the most out of your life. The psalmist doesn't read an article. He looks to God and he prays. If anyone knows how to get the most out of these few years on earth, it's God who's eternal because he has an eternal perspective that I do not have. So the psalmist goes to God and prays to God and says, God, you're going to have to teach me how to get the most out of these days, to number my days, to be aware of, of how to live out these days with wisdom. You're going to have to be the one to teach me this because I can't figure it out on my own. And I think that's true. I think it's true for us. That if we want to make the most out of our days, that we go to God and we say, God, teach me how to do this. Because my priorities can be out of whack. The way I see how I should spend my life could be wrong. The things I emphasize in my life, the things I spend time on could be off. I need God's perspective. I need the eternal one to show me, a temporary being in this world, how to number my days. And so two things stand out to me. Two things stand out in this as a way to answer the question that God gives us. How do we make the most of our days? I see two things arise from this, past, from this chapter That the psalmist is almost, I think, giving us God's answer to that question. Look at me, look with me in verse 14. The psalmist says, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. This is coming right on the hills of verse 12, where he asks God to teach him to number his days. I think this is where it begins. Psalmist says, 
satisfy us with your unfailing love. And what I, what I hear him saying here is, help me to enjoy you more than anything else in this world. I think that's part of the answer. How do we make the most of the days on earth? I think one way to get at that question is to learn to be satisfied by the love of God. Because our hearts, our lives, you know, we're, we're, all, we're going after something to satisfy us. It may be drugs and alcohol. It may be food. It may be entertainment. It may be sex. It may be porn. It may be a whole host of things that we look to to satisfy us. But the psalmist says, God, I want you to satisfy me. Not, not my career, not my reputation, not the money I have in the bank. None of that will satisfy. God, I want you to satisfy me. How do we make the most of our life, the days on earth? One of the big answers to that question is we seek to let God satisfy us. We reject all other things that we think are going to satisfy our lives. And we ask God to satisfy us who can satisfy us. And with what? With his love. Because deep down we know that's what we, that's what we need more than anything else. The creature needs to know the creator loves us. We need that. It's an absolute fundamental need to know that our God Loves us. And the psalmist says, this love God has for us is unfailing. And I think that is satisfying to know that. Our greatest need is to have a relationship with God. To know that God loves us. And the psalmist tells us that love that he does have for us is unfailing. If it could fail, it would fail, but it doesn't. If it could fail, it would fail because we're going to see here we're sinners. There's all the reason in the world for God not to love us. And yet he does. This is not just a happy how to live your life psalm. You heard it. Some tough stuff in the middle. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But the psalmist says, even so, even as hard as life is, even as hard as life is, and it's my fault because of my sin, God still has an unfailing love for me. And you've heard me say this before, and I've probably got it from somebody else, but this unfailing love means that God knows you fully. The psalmist says that God lays out our iniquities before us. He sees it all. It's not a blind love. It's God's love that knows every square inch of you. And yet he loves you and me completely. He knows us fully, and yet he loves us completely. So how do we get the most out of our short days here on earth? I think it absolutely begins with this relationship that we have with our creator. To recognize his love for us. To believe it. To believe he does love us with an un failing love that gets us on the right track but what's interesting is that the psalmist says as we know that love by our creator there is something for us to do we know God's love but then we are to live it out there is work God has given us to do 
There is a whole life for us to live. So he says in verse 17, May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So we could read the first part, satisfying the love in the morning with your unfailing love, and maybe we just think, well, that's what we do all day. We just we read the Bible and we pray all day and we sit at home and we, we don't go anywhere. We just listen to worship music and we don't do anything. <clears throat> it, it would be a lot easier to be that way, probably, to tune out the world. But as Christians, we are to be in the world, sharing the love of God with the world. Even as we partner with God to not be like the world, we as Christians do have work to do. How do we make the most of our life is we take the work that God gives us and we do it in his name. And this is whether whatever your occupation is, it almost doesn't matter what you do. Now, there'd be some jobs where we'd say, yeah, that's not something God would have you to do. But there's a lot of jobs that are just legitimate jobs God has put on this earth for you to do and you are doing it. What does it look like to establish that work in the Lord. What does it look like to take your everyday ordinary life, whether you're parenting kids or going off to work, school, working in the school system or whatever you do, whatever it is you do, what does it look like to take that life and let God establish your hands to do that work? I think that's an important part of understanding the answer to the question, how do we make the most of the life we've given us? We're fueled by a love of God, an unfailing love of God, to go out and live that love wherever God has placed us. In the home, in the workplace, in our social relationships, in our church life here, wherever God leads you to go, that you take that love that he has shown for you and you live that love out amongst those that are around you. In your work, whatever it is, paid or unpaid, you go out and you ask the Lord, establish this work of my hands so that it pleases you. So the psalmist says, ask this question that I think is important for us to ask. Asking the Lord, show me, God, how to number my days. Verse 12. Show me how to make the most out of this life. And I think what we see here is two things. First being that we make the most out of the life God has given us by embracing the love that God has for us, the unfailing love God has for us, and then living that out in whatever work God has established for us to do. But you may have asked this question already, maybe not, but it does come to mind when we think about it. Why is life short to begin with? Why don't we have hundreds upon hundreds of years in this world? Why not have an eternity in the earth as it is? Why is life short? Why is it a vapor? Why is it like a breath? Why are we like grass that sprouts up one day and dies the next? And the psalmist points, points out a reality that you may already know. And it's this. Life is short in this world because of sin. Like I said, this is not a happy-go-lucky kind of psalm. It's a psalm of realism. 
Life is short, it's hard, and it's often made hard because of our own choices. We make decisions that go against God's will, gets us in trouble, causes problems. And the reality is, is that God sees it all. Verse 8, psalmist says, You have set our iniquities before you, our secrets, and the light of your presence. The truth from Scripture tells us that life on earth is short because sin hasn't infected the world just as it has our individual lives. James would say in James 1.14, each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Why is life on earth short to begin with? Because sin, by human decision, has infected the world, us included. We're part of that problem. We're part of why life on earth is short and why it's difficult and challenging and trying. But the second half of Romans 6.23 gives us hope. The first half tells us what we just said. The wages of sin is death. But the second half gives us great hope because he says, for the free gift of God is the eternal life. Life on earth is short, but there is an eternal life to come. What we do now matters. Not just for the 70 or 80 years we're here, but for an eternity. It counts. Life is short because of sin. And sin is the reason for death. What is the answer to that problem that we all face? And it's that last phrase in Romans 6.23. It's not just the free gift of God is eternal life. But it's how we get that free gift. It's how it's purchased for us. Secured for us. That eternal life is secured for us as as. Paul says in Romans 6.23, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And see, this is how we know God's love for us is unfailing. It's because it's not dependent upon us. God's love for you is not dependent upon whether you showed up here today or not, though you should be here. It's not dependent on whether you tithe or not, though you should tithe. It's not depending on whether you read your Bible tomorrow morning and pray or not. Though you should read your Bible and pray tomorrow morning. See, God's love is not dependent upon that. All those things we do is not to earn God's love. It's a response for the love, the unfailing love God has already given us. Not because he's unaware of our sinfulness, but because he has seen our sinfulness And he has put those sins on his son Jesus on the cross that our sins might be paid for. That we might have an eternal life. So when we know that, I think it gives us more of the kind of God eternal perspective that we should have. When we know that life on earth is short because of sin, Jesus died for that sin that I might not just have life on earth, but that I might have eternal life. Spared from an eternal life in hell, separated from God to pay for the punishment of my sin, and free to live an eternal life in the glory of God, in the presence of God, in the ever-loving, eternal love of God. That love of God 
to experience that forever. Since I know those things are true, it tells me how I should live now, satisfied not by the things this world can offer me, but satisfied by that love of God. Not just to sit around and be comfortable in my Christian faith and know that I've got a great future ahead of me, but to then live that out, establish the work of my hands, God. That today and tomorrow and the next day and for the rest of my life that I'm doing the Lord's work in the Lord's way. And if we experience those two things at the end of those 70 or 80 years or how many ever years God gives us in this world, I think we can look upon that and say, God, answer my prayer. He helped me to number the days of my life and get the most out of however long he's given me. He has helped me to do that. Peter put it this way. And in it, he actually quotes from Psalm 90, verse 4. A letter that the Apostle Peter wrote, you may know that name, Peter. He was one of Jesus' 12 disciples and apostles of the church that went on to continue gospel ministry after Jesus was taken to be with the Father. Peter wrote a couple letters. In the second letter that we have in the Scriptures, in the third chapter, starting in verse 8, he says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. And he quotes Psalm 90. With the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, some in Peter's day were saying, Jesus said he's coming back. We don't see him. What's the deal? Peter says, God is working, Jesus is working on a completely different timetable than you and me. And, and just to show you that it's true, let me go back to Psalm 90 and show you where it says that in Scripture. A thousand years is like a day to him. Verse 10, he says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire in the earth, and everything done in it will be laid bare. Now, what he's talking about here is that Jesus will come back. There will be a final judgment day. And Jesus will have the victory. And we along with him. And then listen to what he says, because this is the question, this is the prayer of the psalmist in ours today in verse 11. He says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, since the world is coming to an end, in other words, since Jesus is coming back and we don't know when, in other words, in the middle of verse 11, he says, what kind of people ought you to be? He says, live holy and godly lives, establish the work of my hands that what, I might, that what I do for God would be holy and godly. Life is short for us. We know that. We're experiencing more and more each day as we get older. Time just seems to pick up. Don't we want to look back at the end of our life and say, you know what? By the grace of God, by his help in my life, I numbered my days and made the most of them with his help. I did not let the world distract me, but I found my greatest satisfaction in the unfailing love of God secured for me through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. And I let that love for him fuel me to serve him with the work of my hands. He established the work of my hands. 
so that everything I did, whether it's raising kids, going to work, serving in the church, so that whatever I did, it was done for God's glory and for the good of others. And if we can say that at the end of this life, I think we can say we have made the most of it. Not by our own wisdom, but by God's. Not in our own strength, but by God's strength. And if we do that, when we, as the psalmist says, when that day comes and we fly away. But as the a, as a great hymn goes, what a glorious day that will be. Let's pray. Father God, that you would care to create us at all is an incredible thing. Created out of your love and for your glory, that is something, God, that we should just sit in awe of. Even more incredible than that, God, is that as we are fallen creatures bent on sin, willing to go our own way, even in your anger, even in your wrath, you have loved us. Not because you don't know how bad we are. And not because we can sometimes be good. You simply choose to love us. You've shown us that love in Jesus. And because of him, we know your love towards us is unfailing. For he has wiped every sin from every corner of our lives. And because of him, we have eternal life in you. And I just pray this morning, God, that we would have that kind of perspective. The kind of foresight to see that every day of our lives that we spend in this world because of Jesus, if we've trusted him, we have an unfailing love for us that will never end even as life on this earth as we know it ends. That loving relationship with you will never end. And God, we are so thankful for that. And, and I pray that that understanding, that perspective, that by that, God, you would establish the work of our hands, whatever that work is, that we would do it for your glory because we are loved by you. God, we want to honor you. We want to serve others and make the most of this life. This is what we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a thought that came to my mind that maybe it came to some of your minds is that, but I've wasted so much. You can keep playing, Delina. You're doing great. Don't stop now. We can feel that way. Right? I've wasted so much, but if God has shown us anything, he is, a, he is a redeeming God. And every year you feel you have wasted, God can turn around. And so that's my prayer for us this morning. As you respond to the Lord, that whatever years you have left, you may say, God, I want to honor you with the years I've got left. And whatever years you've wasted, you may go to a God that loves you and say, God, I'm sorry that I've wasted so many years, but I want to make the most of what I've got left. And God hears those prayers. And he will answer those prayers in his way and in his time. 
But we go to him and we talk to him about whatever God has stirred up in you today, you talk to him about it. And that's our invitation as we speak to him. So talk to him.